Good morning and welcome to to today's Daily Word and Prayer. This is Saturday morning, February 20th, and we're glad to have you along. We're in 1 Peter, and I'd like to jump right into it this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, quite an exciting section that we want to look at. Verse 13, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense for to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. I'd like to talk this morning about this idea of giving a defense. This word is the, the Greek word here is the word apologia, and it's where we get our term apologetics from. And the concept is that the idea is that you and I should, should be ready to explain to people, to give an argument, to give a defense for why we believe what we believe. Now, we often are, you know, people who don't agree with us, one of the great tactics they want to use is to intimidate us. They want to come across as if they're smart and Christians aren't. Uh, they, they, I've so many times, I've literally seen times on campus where someone realizes they're going to debate me or challenge me, and literally they puff up their chest and stick up their head and and. And their body language is just screaming that they think they're smart and I'm dumb and they're about to have me for lunch. We must resist the temptation to come back with them the same way they do. Indeed, I've, you know, nine out of ten people who challenge me on campus think that they're coming up with a question I've never heard before. I've been doing this for 40 years. I don't think there's many questions out there I've not heard before. But somehow they have this idea that they're smart and they've understood something. They're going to intimidate me and come up with something I've not heard. And they're going to see me just abandon the faith and say, there is no God. The Bible's not true. I've been wrong all my life. Pack up my bags, walk off campus while I, while I pout and weep and moan that, that I was proven wrong. I don't think it's going to happen. But when I respond, I should do so not not you know putting them in their place as much as with gentleness with reverence and kindness why do we why do we do this we do this because we realize that ultimately our real battle is not against them our real battle is against spiritual forces that these people who believe as they do they're they're deceived by a spiritual enemy far greater than them and so we want to help enlighten their eyes. We want to help open their eyes. We want to win them to Christ. Now, let me say with Jesus, there were times with the Pharisees where he put them in their place. And there is a time for that. But generally, that's because Jesus was trying to win the audience. When he talked to Pharisees one-on-one, -on -one, it was a little different than when the Pharisees were trying to pull the audience away from Jesus. And Jesus was shall we say, put them in their place because he was trying to win the people who were listening. But back to us. How, how good are you at making a defense for what you believe? Can you explain to people why you believe what you believe? You know, our theme for this year, is if you 
joining us recently, our theme is we must be better. We must be better Christians. We must be better at articulating our message. We must be better at, at, our, at, at, our, at our platforms of how we, what we believe, how we explain it, and the size of the audience that we're speaking to. Those are the prayers I'm having for me and for you this year. That I'm going to be a better Christian, you'll be a better Christian. That I'm going to be better at articulating what it is we really believe, and you will too. And that God will expand our sphere of influence to, much, to be much broader than it is now. When I think of the defense of the faith, to me, the big thing is the resurrection. The resurrection of Christ. I've mentioned this before, but let me mention again that I believe there are seven facts, and these are facts that point to the resurrection of Christ. And this point, this makes Jesus different than anyone else. People ask me on campus, they say, hey, Tom, what makes you think your religion's any better than anyone else's? And I say, well, you know, for starters, our guy rose from the dead. The tombs of all the other guys are occupied, unless, of course, they were cremated. You know, Buddha and, and uh, Krishna, Krishna probably wasn't even real, but Buddha was cremated. Muhammad, you know, he's dead and buried, and, and, and they still go to his tomb as part of the pilgrimage of the, of the Muslims is to go and, and worship where Muhammad is buried. Um, Jesus, I've been to the tomb, and it's empty. The body is gone. This is what makes him distinct and unique from anyone else. He's conquered death. Why do we have the hope of eternal life? Because we follow the one who has conquered death. Why do we know that God affirms what we believe? Because he's raised Jesus from the dead. Why do we have the confidence that we're on the right path? Because we're following the ultimate winner. Our great enemy is death. The, great, the only one to conquer death is Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. What are the seven facts that point to the resurrection? I share these on campus, and I've never had anyone who really can respond to them with any real thoughtful answer other than, well, looks like you're right. Here they are. Number one, there was a man named Jesus who lived. Number two, he died. Number three, he was buried in a tomb. Number four, and this one's important, Three days later, the body was missing from the tomb. It was gone. It's just a reality. The body's gone. Number five, over the next 40 days, on at least 10 different occasions, numerous people, at one point up to 500 people at one time, made the claim that they saw him, talked with him, actually touched him. Actually, one, one person looked at the very nail holes in his hand and, and were convinced from what they had seen with their own eyes, touched with their own hands, that he, that this was Jesus, the one who died and had been buried. They were now seeing the real Jesus. Number six, for saying that, for declaring that, the, that he'd risen from the dead, they were persecuted terribly. They were thrown in jail. They were beaten. Their property was confiscated. They were chased out of town. Ultimately, they were put to death in cruel, painful, torturous ways. And number seven, 
There's not a single example, not one of them, upon all that pressure of torture, death, jail, beatings, everything, not a single one ever went back on his testimony that he was an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, by the rules of evidence, you've got to accept that as true. We have the circumstantial evidence that the body died, he was buried, and the body's gone. We have the eyewitness testimony, people who make claims of the resurrection. They saw it with their own eyes. And they faced it. You don't believe every claim, you cross-examine. They faced the ultimate cross-examination, change your story, or die. Folks, none of them changed their story. All of them stood by it their entire life, even to the point of death and a cruel, torturous death. I believe the testimony, the evidence of the resurrection is on our side. I would encourage you to memorize those seven. They're so simple. They really are. He lived, he died, he was buried. Those are three real simple ones. Number four, the body's, the body's missing from the tomb. Those are easy to remember. Number five, he, he appeared to people, and people claimed to have seen him risen from the dead. Number six, for declaring that, they suffered. Number seven, not a single one ever turned back from, uh, from their testimony of his resurrection. I encourage you to be able to give a, a reason for the hope that is in you. It's wonderful to share a testimony, and I encourage you to be able to share your testimony of how Christ has changed your life and continues to change your life. I encourage you to be able to tell, share a testimony of how the, the good that he's brought into you, how he's, how, what you were, how he's changed you, and how you are now. I, I encourage you to think through your testimony. Be ready. That's what it says. Always be ready to get, offer a defense. Always be ready to offer a reason. You know, if you don't share this often, we can get caught off guard. And the, the opportunity comes, and, and we, we, we're tongue-tied. We don't know what to say. And then you know, later on, we say, oh, I wish I would have said this. By the way, there's nothing wrong with going back to that person and saying, you know, when you asked me this the other day, you know, afterwards I thought more about it. I wish I would have said this. You can always go back and a second time and re restart the conversation. But be ready. Think it through. Practice. This is important stuff, folks. We're talking about people's salvation and souls. They want to intimidate us and drive us away. We want to bring them to Christ. We want to give them a blessing. We want to see, we want to win them. We invite them over to our side. We invite them into the kingdom of God. We invite them to salvation. We welcome them. And 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 we appeal to them. We appeal to their intellect, to their thoughts. We give them a reason, a thoughtful reason. Christianity, I've often said it on the campus. Christianity is a thinking person's religion. It certainly it satisfies our emotions and feelings. Certainly it, it, it satisfies that spiritual longing. But it's also the thinking person's religion because we have a reason for what we believe. Don't ever say to a person, well, just have faith. Learn how to give them reasons. By the way, I, I've, I, you can also check out on my website and on this, this YouTube channel. If you go to my, you're here now, and you go to my YouTube channel, look down below, and there are, there are a number of videos that I've done, short five to seven minute videos, explaining how I would answer some of the more common questions I get about the Bible, about Jesus, about the existence of God, about science and God, all these things, some of the more common questions I get. If they're not 
answered there, drop me in the comments section or drop me an email and let me know what are some questions you would like me to be able to answer. I think a gift God has given me is the ability to answer difficult questions in a very simple way. I've said this before, but a lot of Christian apologists, uh, they kind of go over your head and they're, they're very academic and their answers, while good, they are difficult to remember, difficult to, to be able to repeat, difficult to be able to pass on to another. I think one gift God has given me is to the ability to make it simple, to keep answers short, to get to the heart of the issue, and, and hopefully there are answers that you can learn and that you can also then pass on to others, okay? But I encourage you to learn and I encourage you to contact me on the comments below or um, uh, if there's some videos you'd like to see me do or, or address some questions, let me know and I'd be glad to do so, okay? All right, let's go to prayer. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you that you have given us truth. Your truth is awesome. It's, it's, it's unassailable. Lord, we can have great confidence and we need not be intimidated because we know, Lord, we don't have to back down to anyone, any intellectual, anyone who's with great academic standing who would like to mock and ridicule or dismiss our religion, Father. We realize if we can't, if, if, if we're intimidated by that, the problem is we just haven't done our homework well enough. We thank you. We have answers. We thank you, our answers, Father, that they're simple enough that anyone can understand. You don't have to have a Ph.D. to understand the Christian faith. A child can understand it. And yet, Lord, it's, it's satisfying to the greatest of intellectuals. The truth, the, the reasoning behind it is wonderful. It's awesome. Wherever we are, your truth really does meet a deep need within our soul. Father, I pray in this year, as, as there are people who have been emboldened against the Christian faith, emboldened against what we believe, emboldened against our values, and Lord, as there's people who are, are wanting to cast us all as crazy people or, or they want to marginalize us out of society, I pray, Father, that we would not fear their intimidation. We would be people who prove to be zealous for that which is good. And I pray, Father, that we would be people who know how to make a defense and offer a defense. Father, help us to study your scripture. Help us to study your word. Lord, if we're not good at it, help us to draw upon other resources. Even, Lord, I pray people would learn how to draw upon me as a resource. And, Father, I thank you. You've given me gifts and ability to know how to defend the faith to, in, a, in a simple, understandable way. Lord, might you increase the number of people who can do that. Might there just be multitudes of people in our land who can give a reason for our hope, who can explain the resurrection who can explain why the Bible's true, who can explain why, why we believe Jesus is the way, who can explain the way to heaven. Give us people, Lord, who can explain uh, our, our values, why we value all life from the point of conception right on until natural death. Help us, Lord, to be able to answer questions about, about science and, and the creation of the world and how we know there's a God because there's, there's, a, there's a creation, there must be a creator. Help us, Father, to be able to address whatever issues come our way. I pray we'd be thoughtful people. I pray we'd be thoughtful people. 
And Lord, I, I know there's different gifts in the body. And I know some people, Lord, their, their way of ministering to others is far more uh, relational, far more uh, maybe just emotional, comforting, encouraging. But Lord, raise up a whole host of people who can give thoughtful answers and bless them and, and give us a wide, wide audience, we pray. I, I believe, Lord, we have the answers. I believe we have the answers. I am convinced. I pray, Lord, give us a wide audience. Lord, I want to ask for me. Give me a wide audience. This week as I preach at the University of Florida, I pray there'd be a, a, a good audience out there of people listening and interacting. And I pray they'd be persuaded and convinced and they would the, the barriers that stand between them and God would come down and they would be saved. We pray for this, Father. Open up eyes that are closed. Open up ears that are closed. Open up minds that are closed. Open up hearts that are hard. So people might see and understand. They might hear and understand. They might, they might believe with their mind and receive with their heart and have faith in Jesus Christ. Father, take this day for your glory. Fill us with your spirit. Might we walk in the confidence and joy of the Lord. Thank you that you have given us something the world could never give anyone and the world cannot take it from us. We have eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate victor, for you conquered death, and for this we praise you. Bless us this day. Guide our steps. Give us divine appointments. Help us to shine the light of Christ brightly through us wherever we go. And we pray these things and bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. Um, uh, I'm going to be doing a retreat today, Saturday, in, down in, in uh, Florida. There'll be a church from uh, folks coming over from Tallahassee at Florida State University and from, from Gainesville at, at uh, the University of Florida. Tomorrow, Saturday, I'll be at uh, Gator Christian Life in Gainesville at the University of Florida. And then Monday and Tuesday on the campus there at the University of Florida. So pray it goes well. This will be my first time on campus in quite a while. If you're new, welcome. We're glad you're joining us. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button, the notify button, so you can always know when we go live and, and share uh, a YouTube. And also, if you hit that thumbs up, like, that, I appreciate that as well. Check out my website at tomthepreacher.com. And I mentioned yesterday that uh, uh, one year ago, we were coming right back from our trip to Israel. Next year at this time, we'll be returning, Lord willing, from our trip to Israel. Maybe you want to be with us. We, have, we take a group over there. It's a trip of a lifetime to walk where Jesus walked, to see the holy sites. It helps the Bible go from uh, a living book to a it, to living color. In a, it, it goes from, from um, uh, it, it, go, it comes out in high definition 4K when you've actually been there and you see these places and we study the life of Jesus together and we learn about him together and it will be a huge boost to your spiritual life. If you can make it, I'd love to have you join me. There's information on my website at tomthepreacher.com about our trip to Israel and so on. God bless you. You have a great day. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m., right here where we continue our study in First Peter.